King of the universe. Lord, we are thankful for Simchat Torah. We are thankful for your word. We are thankful for the Torah. And we're thankful, Lord, that we can rejoice with it. We're thankful, Lord, for the joy that it brings to our heart as we read it, as we take it into ourselves. In Yeshua's holy name, amen. Okay, as I mentioned in the prayer and earlier in the service, we're observing Simchat Torah today, uh, which is literally means rejoicing in the law, rejoicing in the Torah, and, uh, and so that's what we've been doing as we've danced the Torah around and marched the Torah around. A few things uh, I, I, want, I should mention, uh, you know, as we march the Torah around and everyone takes their talid or, or, uh, or their Bible or, or something and touches the Torah and then brings it to their lip, this has to do with the, the scripture, the text that says, your word is sweet to my lips. Your word is like honey to my mouth. And so, uh, so it's not a, a kissing of the Torah. Uh, it's a receiving of the honey. It's receiving of the sweetness of God's word. And so, you, so you're reaching out, grabbing a hold of God's word, grabbing a hold of God's Torah, and asking God to touch your lips with his word for his word to become sweet in your mouth, for his words to be ingested inside, and so to take it in. Uh, I think it's in the Psalms. I, I forget exactly where, where that text is. It's either Proverbs or Psalms. Okay. All right, so from the very beginning, and uh, once uh, uh, Fred and Dory have the uh, Torah all the way rolled back, uh, we'll read from the beginning, as we just read from the end, and we'll read from the beginning of the Torah scroll. And these will be the words that, uh, that Carol and, and, and Mary uh, will be reading. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We'll be reading from, from God's word, and this is what God started. Starts the Torah, starts God's word in the beginning. Well, that's a good place to start, isn't it? That kind of makes sense, uh, to start at the very beginning. And God tells us, in the beginning. Now, that, of course, is not the beginning of God. That's not even the beginning of the universe. Our Bible is not the history of the universe. Our Bible is not the history of God. Our Bible is merely the history of this world, this earth. That's all it is, very limited, very small little sliver of God's spectrum of, of, of the universe and of eternity. Uh, but in the beginning of this earth as we know it, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the rocks were still here, because the next verse says that uh, it was without form and void. But it became the earth when God began to create onto it life and as we know it. Or not as we know it, as it was in the, in the beginning. In, in the Garden of Eden, much better than we know it today, but with living things on it. So it was a ball of voided rock and molten whatever it was. Uh, and then God created it into a living planet, an earth, as opposed to just a, a rock ball or whatever, without form and void. Now there's a, a parallel text that goes along with this in the book of John, Chapter 1, verse 1. So kind of the parallel to this. So we start at the beginning. Genesis 1, verse 1. And we go to John 1, 1. And it says, in the beginning. Like the other one, in the beginning. 
In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And we see that in the beginning. We see that in Genesis, where it says, and God said, God spoke, God said, let there be light. And there was light. It was God's Word, God spoke, and it was. The power of his Word to create. The power of his Word to bring into existence something that was not there before. And God spoke and it was. And that same word is the same living word that we can read today. The same power that was in God's word when he spoke it in the beginning is the same power that speaks his word to us today. And so when we read God's word and we see a, a powerful promise in God's word, that's God's word speaking to us, and we can take hold of that promise and claim it for ourselves. And the same power that spoke this world into existence will speak into existence whatever God had promised us in that text. And we can accept it by faith, and God will fulfill it in his way and his time. And so in the beginning was the word, God's word, and the word was with God. So this is talking more than just the words of God, the spoken words that were coming out of his mouth. This is a personified word here. The word did not just emanate out of God's mouth, but the word was with God. And so there is more than one being there, right? There is God and the word, right? Because for the word to be with God, it has to be in some way, shape, or form apart from God as the word is with him. Right? And so we have God, and we have the word, and they are together. The word is with God there at the very beginning. At the very beginning of this earth, God said, let there be light, and there was light there. And the word was with God, beside God, together with God, there in the very beginning. And then the next part of this same verse, John chapter 1, verse 1, and the Word was God. Very powerful. So the Word is with God, and the Word is God. Now how can the Word be God and also be with God? Can you be with yourself? Or is there something more that the Bible is telling us here? And even in that very first text, in the very first beginning in Genesis, where it said, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, the word used for God there, and there would be a lot of different words that Moses could have used, he used the word Elohim, which is a plural form of the word God. El also means God. El Shaddai, Bethel, house of God. Uh, so God, the word God can be said as El, but also but in Elohim, the Im onto the end of it makes it a plural form of it. Now interestingly, the created is in the singular verb, bara. And so this plural form of God worked together as a single unit in creation. And what's the root word of bara? What's the root there? 
Bar, right? Bara, bar. What does bar mean? Sun. Right. So in the beginning, God created, and the word created, the root of it being sun. Bara, created. In the plural form of God there. And he created the heavens and the earth. Hashemayim Baharetz. Again, we'll read that in a little bit. And so, the word was with God and was God. So this word that God spoke is a personified word, and it's more than just being personified. It is God. And this word that is God is with God. Very interesting, the word of God. Very interesting, this text. It tells us a lot about God. The God in his holiness. God who is in a unified form, created singular form, but Elohim, also this plural form. Where there's more than one being in the God family. There's God, Elohim, and there is the Word. And the Word is together with him. And then in the same chapter, a few verses down, it tells us more about this Word. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Word that became flesh and dwelt among us was God. And was God in the beginning and was with God in the beginning. The same Word that spoke forth, the same Word that helped in the creation is the same Word that became flesh and dwelt among us. As was prophesied in the scriptures, in the Hebrew scriptures. That you shall call, a son shall be born to you, and you shall call his name Emmanuel, meaning God with us. God came down, the word came down, the word came to dwell with us in the flesh. And that word dwelt would be the word that we would use for tabernacle. The word tabernacled with us. We just got past celebrating the Feast of Tabernacles. He tabernacled with us. He came to dwell with us. He came to be with us. God in the flesh. Could God come in the flesh? Could God appear in the flesh? Has he ever done that? Oh, we see several times he did that. When he appeared to Abraham, he appeared in the flesh. He sat and he ate with Abraham. And he spoke with Abraham. We see he walked in the garden with Adam and Eve. And he spoke with Adam and Eve. He met with Moses. And Mo he walked past Moses. He used his hand and covered Moses as he was in the cleft of the rock. And Moses saw the back of him. And so he came in the flesh and appeared in the flesh and walked past him. He appeared to Samson's parents. We have several instances of God coming and appearing in the flesh. But here in this verse, it's talking about more than just a temporary appearance. He is coming and tabernacling. He's coming and dwelling in the flesh with us. Humbling himself and becoming one of us. Not just dwelling among flesh, not just dwelling with 
fleshly human beings, but coming in flesh, became flesh. In other words, he wasn't flesh before. He was divine before. He was with God and was God, and he became something that he was not before. He became flesh and blood. He came as the seed of David. He came as the seed of Abraham. He came as we are. Tempted as we are. And he came to us where we are. So that he can help us where we are. So he can relate to us as we are. And he can minister to us knowing what it's like to go through life as we do. Wonderful. This God who is all-powerful, who creates the universe, who creates this earth in seven days by just speaking his word, humbles himself to become flesh with us. To become the Lamb of God. In our Torah scroll, the word is written on lamb's skin. The word became flesh and became a lamb for us. The lamb of God for us. Several places in the Bible where it talks about this word. Your word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. I think that's from Psalm 119. Sorry, the text got left off there. Your word is a lamp. So God's word is light. God's word is a lamp. God's word gives us direction. Well, Yeshua took this text and applied it to himself. He said, I am the light of the world. The word is the light, and he says, I am the light. I am the word. I am the word that became flesh. I am the word that was there in the beginning. I am the word that was with God. I am the word that was God. And he who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. And what was the first thing God created? Let there be light. And Yeshua says, I am the light. Not that he didn't belong... Uh, not that he didn't exist before, but that he came, he became into this world. As God was creating this world, he said, let there be light upon this world, upon this earth, upon this dark void. And let light penetrate into it. And light came, the light came, and brought life out of the darkness of this world. And that's the same thing he wants to do in our life. He wants to create in us and out of us that are nothing but void, nothing but emptiness, nothing but loneliness, nothing but despair, nothing but trouble and heartache and worry and fear and grief, and create something beautiful. He wants to bring his light into our dark souls, into our troubled souls, into our troubled lives. And fill us with light. Your word from John 17, 17. Your word is truth. So the word is 
God, the word is light, and the word is truth. Yeshua said regarding himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Again, he identifies himself as the word, that he is the law, that he is the Torah, that he is the word of God made flesh. He is the living word. And in Deuteronomy chapter 8, when we were in the wilderness, Moses wrote, and God, he fed you with manna that he might make you know that man does not live by bread only, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. Yeshua quotes this text when he's being tempted by Satan. This is where he's getting it from, from Deuteronomy chapter 8. Man shall not live by bread only, but by the word of God, by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. And we also can live and have life and have power and have joy and have victory through receiving of God's word, from eating God's word. It says the word is the bread. It makes this analogy here. Not by bread only, but by the word. Yeshua takes this and applies it to himself. I am the living bread, which came down from heaven. And if any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. The miraculous manna that we ate for 40 years didn't give us eternal life, but it was still miraculous bread. It came down from heaven. And Yeshua says, he is the living bread that also comes down from heaven. That brought light into this world. That brought life into this world. And if we eat of him, as we partake of his word, as we taste and see that the Lord is good, as we taste his word as honey to our lips, as we take it into ourselves, it gives us life. The light gives life. The bread gives life. The word gives life, and life more abundantly, and eternal life. The importance of God's word. We can celebrate it, we can dance with it, we can, we can you know, do ceremonies with it. But we need to take it into ourselves. We need to read it and digest it and allow it to become part of ourselves. And so many people like eating the, the white fluff bread of nothingness that had all the nutrients sucked out of it. We read the things of this world, the novels of this world, the newspapers of this world, the, the web pages of this world, the emails and the internet and the Twitter accounts and the Facebook stuff and all the stuff of this world, the light fluff of this world. And God's word is the real bread the sustaining bread that we neglect and put aside and maybe spend a couple minutes with. God's word gives us life. It gives us hope. It gives us victory. From Psalm 107, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Here again, the psalmist David 
is, is personifying the word, word. The word is a healer. The word is a deliverer from our destructions. And that's what God did. Yeshua, the word, the living word, who came down from heaven and worked healings, healed people left and right, fulfilling this prophecy, and delivers us from our destruction, sets us free, forgives us, releases us from our guilt. Because that Lamb of God, that living word, attached itself to the Etzchayim, the tree of life. Just as the Torah, just as we hold the Torah up, and it's attached to the Etzchayim, the Lamb of God was lifted up on the tree in order to deliver us from our destruction. And from Psalm 119, where shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. God's word does healing. God's word does deliverance. God's word cleanses us. As we read God's word, and it reveals wonderful promises to us that we can claim and eat and put into our lives, and claim the power of God, and experience the power of God, it also cleanses as we read God's word, and it tells us what we should do and what we shouldn't do, and it convicts us, and it reveals in us where we are not following God where we are not being loving, where we are not being unselfish, where we are not being caring, where we are not being forgiving, where we're not being kind, where we're not being obedient, where we're not trusting, where we're not putting our faith in God. And as God's word convicts us, it teaches us that we can confess our sins. And if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and he will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So God's word works a cleansing by revealing and convicting and then providing the way to receive cleansing. The way to receive the remission of sins, the forgiveness of sins, and more than just the remission and the forgiveness, but the deliverance from sin and sinning. The power of God's word. Yeshua said in John 5, Search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And they are they which testify of me. And so the word of God, the scriptures of God, the Torah of God, testifies, Yeshua said, of himself. Points to him. The word of God points to him. Reveals him. And so God's word, we've seen in this text, brings light, gives us direction, lightens our path, shows us the way that we should go, the way that we should walk, where we should walk, the direction we should go, the path that God has laid out for us, gives us direction. We all need direction in our lives. We all need wisdom in our lives. God's word gives us that wisdom. Helps us in every aspect of our life. Helps us to know how to live. How to live right before God. Teaches us how to live with one another. Gives us direction. Shows us what kind of career paths are acceptable to him. What type of relationships are honorable to him. 
how to live in our marriage relationships, how to live in our friendships, how to live here on earth, how to live at work, gives direction in our life. God's word is truth. It teaches us right from wrong. And all of these things are fulfilled in the Messiah. God's word works healing, heals our sin-sick soul. God's word heals our, our hurts, our pains, our disappointments. God's word heals us and gives us hope. Gives us faith. Gives us direction. Gives us truth. Gives us healing. It gives us cleansing. It feeds us. It's the word. It's the bread. It feeds us. Nourishes us. Sustains us. Upholds us. Strengthens us. It is the way of salvation. It leads us in the way of salvation. And God's word is the Messiah himself personified. The living word. Every aspect of it. His name is written throughout it. Literally and figuratively. In all the scriptures. He is represented and manifested as the one who brings hope and life and deliverance into this world. Brings light into this world. And so what are your needs tonight? Are you needing direction? There's some decision you're needing to make. Come to a point in the road, and, and maybe there's a fork, maybe there's choices, maybe there's many choices. You need direction. You need wisdom and guidance. And what's the next step God has for you? God's word will give you guidance. As we pray tonight, you can ask God, guide my steps. Open your word and be a light to my path. You're needing truth. As Yeshua stood before Pilate, Pilate said, what is truth? And then he walked out. Are you willing to stay long enough in God's word to find out what truth is? What is God's truth? There is truth. Today's society tries to tell us there are many truths, so there is no truth. And everything is up to your own opinion, and it can change over time. It can change as cultures change. It changes as people change. God's word does not change. God does not change. There is truth. There is solid truth. There is biblical truth. There is absolute truth. Absolutely. And God is that absolute truth. And God's word, that is God and was with God, is that absolute truth that gives us direction. Without truth, without God's word being truth, there is no direction. We don't know where to go. Everything's always changing. We never know where to go. That's why the world is so lost. We don't know where to go. Following all kinds of leaders in all kinds of directions to dead ends. And disappointment. But God's word never disappoints doesn't change, gives us consistency, gives us stability, gives us security, gives us direction, 
gives us truth. If you're needing healing tonight, maybe physical healing. God's word gives physical healing, miraculous healing. Maybe spiritual healing. Maybe some sin in your life, some sin sick soul. Maybe you've fallen. God's word gives healing. Maybe emotional healing. Maybe your heart has been broken. Maybe you're, you're hurting inside. Maybe you've been disappointed. Maybe you've been let down. God's word gives healing. If you're needing healing tonight, as we pray, claim God's healing. That's what it means to claim God's word. Claim the healing that's there. He says he sent his word and he healed them. Receive God's healing tonight. Cleansing. Again, maybe you're needing healing from some sin. Accept God's cleansing. Cleansing of the record book. Cleansing away of the guilt. Cleansing away of the sin. Giving you victory over sin in, the, in your life. Maybe you're needing to be nourished. Maybe you're needing to be fed. Maybe you're feeling empty. Maybe you're feeling lonely. Maybe you're feeling... Weak, God's word will give you strength. God's word will feed you. Claim God's word. Be strengthened in God's word. Maybe you're needing salvation. Maybe you haven't accepted the promise of everlasting life that he has paid for us. Accept God's salvation. Right now as we pray together. Ask him into your heart. Ask the living word to come inside your heart. Maybe you've been walking with God's word. Maybe it's been on the outside. Maybe it's been there just nagging you and weighing you down and carried on your back. And it's time to invite God's word into your soul, into your heart, into your life. It makes a whole lot of difference. That Torah scroll is pretty heavy. I'll let someone else march around and dance around. It's pretty heavy. You carry that around all the time. You carry it all the time. It's a weight. It becomes a burden. It's convicting from the outside. But when we invite God's word inside, it liberates. It sets us free. It feeds us. It cleanses us. And it gives us direction. Invite God's word into the soul to give you salvation. And the Messiah is the Messiah. The word is the Messiah. If you haven't accepted the Messiah as the word, as being with God, as being God. So we've looked at some texts tonight, many other texts in the scriptures. They're ready to accept the Messiah as the living God, with God, as one together. And that mystery, and that miracle of like what God said in the beginning with Adam and Eve, the two shall be one. How could two be one? That's the miracle of God. That's what God said regarding Adam and Eve. And that's what God says regarding himself. How could the two be with each other and be one in creating? That's the miracle of God. That's the mystery of God. We're ready to accept the Messiah. We're ready to accept the Messiah. As we pray together, invite him into your soul, into your mind. Or if you're not ready, you can ask God as we pray together, God, reveal more to me. God, show me more. I'm seeing this. I need more. Show me more. Teach me more. Enlighten me more. Bring light into my mind. Bring truth 
into my mind. I don't want to be deceived. I don't want to be misled. Teach me truth. I want truth. Your word is truth. Ask God to give you his truth. Ask God to give you his direction. Ask God to cleanse your mind of, of all our own human thinking and devising. And ask God to give us his mind, his thoughts, his way. And to heal us, and to feed us, and to save us. Romans 3 says, what advantage then has the Jew? Much every way, chiefly because that unto them were committed the oracles of God. We have the oracles of God, the word of God committed unto us. Gives us tremendous benefit. We have the word of God. It feeds us, gives us direction, gives us life, gives us salvation, gives us healing, gives us truth. Let us not neglect the wonderful gift that God has given to us. The word of God. And so as we pray together, whatever aspect of God's word as we discussed tonight applies to you. Or whatever you're needing, whether more light, more truth, more knowledge, more wisdom, or any of the things that we saw and talked about, or anything else that God's impressing your heart, ask him to come in. Claim his promise.